Hello and welcome back to the Making Time podcast, the podcast breaking the stigma. I'm your host Dan Kelly and each week I'll be interviewing different guests who are breaking the stigma within their kind of respected field. The podcast actually started off with me breaking the stigma surrounding food allergies. However, this year I kind of want to reach out to other inspiring guests who are kind of breaking the stigma in their field and have them on the podcast. This week on the podcast, I'm joined by Simon Williams, who's taken over the reins at the Anaphaxis UK. And I had a quick phone call with Simon before we did the podcast and we just kind of clicked straight away. So really excited to finally hear him, have him on the podcast. And it's really great hearing about obviously Simon's background and upbringing and kind of delving deeper into why he saw the Anaphaxis campaign as a massive opportunity to shake things up and kind of rebrand it to the Anaphaxis UK and where he sees the charity going over the next five years. And it was a very kind of super casual and kind of informative conversation and we kind of touched upon all the things from AI and how the charity plans to reach new people online and with myself growing up like the Anaphaxis campaign obviously before the rebrand um, meant a lot to me obviously I remember doing like the workshops when I was a kid I went to the Lake District and met loads of other kids with allergies and we did loads of different activities and it's a fond memory which kind of stayed from me from a kid and I think that actually gave me the confidence later on to never kind of feel embarrassed to kind of speak up about my allergy and just before i jump into the podcast i've recently set up a paging page for making tame where i'll be sharing kind of like more ex- exclusive content with you guys for the subscribers so i recently created a video this weekend about my kind of personal experiences traveling abroad and my tips and tricks so if you head over to my patreon make sure to check that out and you also get kind of early access to the kind of podcast episodes as well and make sure to leave a link in the description if you want to check that out and if you can get a chance to kind of subscribe to the podcast, there's a new episode every Monday morning. So let's grab yourself a cup of tea. Let's jump into it. Hi, and welcome back to the Make It Same podcast. I'm joined by Simon Williams. And usually with the guests, like they've either got like a blog or they've got an Instagram <laughs> page. And I really struggled really trying to find information about yourself. But that means I'm really excited to kind of have you on the podcast today to kind of get to know more about yourself. Could you do a little introduction to yourself, Simon? Yeah, well, it's, it's great to be here, Dan. Thanks ever so much for inviting me. Yeah, my name's Simon Williams. I'm uh, Chief Exec of Anaphylaxis UK. And usually with the guests, I try and like jump back into kind of like their upbringing and story and I, I don't know I always find it quite interesting rather than we like jump straight into the Anaphaxis UK um, whereabouts were you brought up you couldn't find my uh, autobiography in the library then I couldn't it wasn't on Linton in part <laughs> <actually. laughs> uh, uh, yeah I, was, I grew up I was born in North Wales um, uh, and then lived there until I went to uh, university in South Wales and then from South Wales over to the big city here in London what did you study then? Obviously, uh, public administration. Oh, okay. So it was a good intro, and at the time, then I kind of saw, saw my career mostly in the NHS. Uh, so worked for a, 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 I mean, I can't what they were called way back then. Yeah. Uh, a couple of places around South Wales, Swansea, Cardiff, um, and then had an opportunity to move to London um, to work for a charity I was involved in at the time called the Patients Association, and worked there for a number of years, um, and then from then. Kind of got the got the bug to work in patient organisations and that kind of whole advocacy thing and making a difference and helping people in you know helping people's lives get better. How old were you when you kind of moved to London? Was you quite young? Oh, yeah, <laughs> just going <laughs> You're back, going a lot back there. a little bit. Yeah, I mean, crikey, I must have been in my twenties, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, and then obviously that kind of working with charities that kind of like led to kind of 
the work, what you kind of do now. Yeah, and, 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 and it's, it's a bit more than that as well. I think it's always wanted to work in smaller charities because, mm. you know, I get a lot of personal reward out of uh, and satisfaction out about making a difference within an organisation. Mm. And then a, and, and the impact smaller organisations, small charities have on people's lives. You know, we, we know, most people know the big charities, you know, Cancer Research, yeah. Um, British Heart Foundation, Macmillan and all the rest of them. There are thousands of other smaller charities. Some of them are very local. Some of them are very specific. Some of them are relevant for, you know, perhaps only not that many people because it might cover a rare condition. So, But there are thousands out there and, you know, they're often overlooked but have such a an impact on people's lives. And so I, I just wanted to be part of that really and that's where I've stayed ever yeah. since, you know. Is it always quite difficult with the smaller kind of organisations to kind of get that funding and keep the... It all, it's always a struggle. Yeah. It's always a struggle. Um, you know, if, particularly if you're in a rarer conditions, um, you know, traditionally you might get some money from pharmaceutical companies, yeah. but if it's a rarer condition, you might not get that funding because there may not be the treatment yeah. for it. And then they're more reliant on um, um, raising money from the public. And if they don't know that charity yeah. and they're competing against, you know, you're in that kind of, you're in that cycle. And so it's very important for smaller charities really to punch above their weight and um, be as loud as they possibly can and, you know, be proud of the achievements. Uh, and, you know, that's what I've hoped to have achieved with the charities that I've worked with previously is, yeah. you know, be behind the scenes pushing that charity um, and, and, you know, having them at the forefront of people's yeah. mind when you're talking about that particular condition. Yeah. I mean, when you were younger, did did you know that that was the kind of industry you wanted to work in? Or was that... No, was I that as, no, as, I, as, as I mean, yeah, into, yeah, I mean, it's just, you kind of, I mean, yeah. I, I suppose it's for many people when they kind of use, you know, kind of yeah. leave uh, education and they kind of fall into a job yeah. and then you haven't necessarily got a clear yeah. career structure and unless you're kind of going for it like if you've trained to be a lawyer or a yeah. pharmacist or you know in that kind of how, how was the upbringing in wales then i bet that was quite oh it was great i was not by the seaside yeah. just i don't know if you know prostatin it's a no, no, it's no. a nice seaside town next to a very exciting little town yeah. where you'd go on holiday uh, lots of folk gone in real to had a fun fair a beach and it was great that's be great when you were younger you're still yeah, it was touch, fantastic you're still in touch with people well yeah of course yeah yeah, yeah. i mean I, 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 my mum's still up there and yeah. um so i go up and make sure she's all right and she makes sure i'm all right yeah. uh, so i go up and check on her quite regularly and she'll come down as well mm. uh, for a bit of a change but yeah i'm still still yeah. and, and you know lots of my friends also moved away from uh, around there and uh, you know still in are touch they, with they them. scattered around everywhere scattered yeah. around everywhere yeah. yeah i mean did you did you you, you mentioned your mum there did they have any influence like your parents well on, yeah of course yeah. yeah of course you know um I, 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 she'll tell me off if she watches this to, to say how old she is, but it starts with an eight. <laughs> and she retired from working only a couple of months oh, ago. Oh, wow, she's a workaholic. So, well, I yeah. think, you know, it's just that dedication and yeah. and, uh, and and commitment and, you know, it's 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 work, you know, you just, yeah, yeah. that's what you do. And you still, you still enjoy it, you know, you still yeah. enjoy it. Like a, my mother, a great social life still has, you know, her friends around there. It was, it was not just about the money. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it was just, you know, it, it's that, that kind of work ethic, yeah, you know, yeah. about getting up in the morning. Cause where she was working, it was like crack of dawn, you know, it was like five yeah. o'clock start. Yeah, yeah. And you wouldn't get many people doing that, yeah. but she did it for donkey's years. You yeah, know, like my forever. parents are trying to like take the foot off the gas now. And like they, yeah. like my dad used to work like seven days a week for like yeah. years and yeah. get to a point and they're like mid fifties now. And like, right. like the friends are, you hear these stories of like people 
You get bored. Yeah, like, you know? pe- like people's health deteriorating well, and or people getting diagnosed with yeah, X, yeah, Y, and Z. And I, yeah. I think it's that having that kind of fine balance. Yeah, of it's like, a person. Yeah. You know, why don't you get out of bed in the morning? Yeah. You, know, why, you know, what do you do in a structured way every day? And, yeah. you know, we might complain occasionally about having to work, yeah. but, you know, come Monday, you've pretty much had a, enough of the, uh, yeah. of the weekend and you want to get back into the swing of stuff. Did they drill that into you, that kind of work ethic? That well, I'm not sure it was drilled into me. It was just yeah. that you kind of, you, that's, you just pick it up as what, that's what you do. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's the way it is. Uh, I, was, I was going to talk about family because I think like seeing my dad and like where they've come come from, I think it's had a massive impact on yeah. me and kind of where I want to go from my like A to B. And stuff. So I always right. find it quite interesting how people kind of take that journey and how they get to where they are and stuff. Have you never kind of walked back since you moved to London then? Like? Well, to move back to Wales? Yeah. yeah. I'd love to. I'd yeah. love, I mean, I'd really miss the seaside. You yeah. know, I love that. Um, Do you go uh, back often or? Well, I mean, like when yeah, you try to, two like, or three months. Yeah, yeah every, you know, not, not, not the irregular, but every yeah. couple of months maybe, um, see if, uh, you know, everything's all right back home. Um, but yeah, I, I do miss the beach. I love, um, love being up there and, um, you know, it's just completely different. I always say to my mum, what I miss most is the sky. Yeah. You know, what you missed out, you know, you don't see it. Tall buildings, yeah. small windows, you know, just walking around. You don't see the sky. Whereas back home in Wales, yeah. you know, you've got one side is the seaside and the other side of the yeah. mountain range. So you can look up and you see, you know. The parents can't get over how warm it is when they come here. Is that like, right? Yeah, well, you're in the from summer. Manchester. Yeah, when I, when I moved here, like, honestly, I couldn't believe how hot it was. It, it sounds it. stupid to say, but yeah, I was yeah. like, it's absolutely roasting. I couldn't, I couldn't get my head around it. Right, yeah. right. No, it's funny, yeah. those little things. But yeah. I know what you mean. When my mum first came, I do remember this. As, um, I mean, that's when I first started, and I think it was probably the first time that she yeah. came down here. And uh, she had a bit of a tear in her eye, and I thought, oh, she's proud, you know, she's yeah. proud. And she said, oh, the pollution down here oh, is awful. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Viva. <laughs> yeah. Whereabouts did you move to in London? Oh, I've been all over. Heavy, yeah. yeah, I put my mates uh, joking me that they should have blue badges outside oh, really? all the buildings. <laughs> yeah. uh, I lived in uh, East Dulwich. I li- that was great. Lived on Lord yeah. Chip Lane. That was amazing. Um, lived in Balham, lived in. Oh, I love Balham. I used to live in Copham South. Did you? Yeah, yeah Nice down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's good fun. But it's uh, it was yeah, it's a lot different that, that, that now than it was then. Yeah, it wasn't a weight rose; it was a I don't know quick save or whatever down there. And so it shows the kind yeah. of difference in the yeah, yeah. in the sort of people and the money that's down there. Yeah, I know. I I've loved it like since been in London. Like, yeah, it's a great place. A great place. Yeah. I mean, I moved out now and yeah. uh, whereabouts are you? Ba- are you outside of London? I am yeah. just that. I mean, it's not that far outside. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's and and now the Elizabeth lines opened. Um, yeah. This will mean nothing to anybody outside of. London, are you in the of office five days a week then? No, not at all. We've got oh, right. we've, our offices are down in Farnborough. Oh, okay. So we're mostly uh, remote. Yeah. So we all mostly work from home. Uh, we've still got an office. Yeah. Um, but we very very rarely meet. Yeah. Um, a fundraising might go in once a week. Uh, yeah. We collectively go in. Uh, the whole um, home team go in once a month yeah, for a staff depart. You know, staff meeting. But uh, I think people are quite comfortable to now work from home. Yeah. Um, we've changed a lot of the kind of IT stuff that makes it easier for people. And you know, if you want to meet it's your Starbucks, change, isn't it? Well, it is yeah. crazy, you know. But you know, like a place like Starbucks, just have a meeting yeah. in there. Can't you? Yeah, you know? it's nice because obviously I was saying like before this, I work remotely, but it's it's nice to get out. Otherwise, yeah. like my girlfriend's like 
she works from home as well and we're driving right. each other up the wall like, so <laughs> it's nice to get out and get to like the we work or different places like. and when we, when we were getting into a swing oh everyone was working from home so you said to me what she does she goes out the house and then round the block, block yeah. clockwise and then when she's finished work, she goes out the house and works anti-clockwise. Yeah. So it was as though she's like leaving the house and then Getting coming out, back in yeah. there. I thought that was quite a good idea. I didn't do it, but yeah, <laughs> it was quite a cool idea. I was going to say with, with the different charities you worked at, how many charities have you worked at? Now? Oh, crikey. Few, yeah. Um, yeah, I lose count now. Four, three, four, maybe more. Do you ever, obviously you mentioned a lot, like working a lot with the, the, the smaller charities. Yeah. Is that... Do you enjoy that more than working with like a big corporation? Yeah, I mean, I've not ventured into working with her for a larger uh, yeah. for a larger charity already. Well, apart from the NHS, um, yeah. in, for a larger organisation, because you know it is making that difference. I, I, I do get more of a buzz out of. I think working for yeah. a larger organisation or a larger charity, you know, worthwhile. You know what they are doing. Yeah, is um, you know your role might be. It'd be t- I think it'd be a bit tougher, you know, yeah, to, yeah. to make that, that impact yourself. So, yeah, um, a, a bit more a ch- of a say kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and to change things, you know, things yeah. do think need changing direction and yeah. you've got ideas. I would imagine it's a bit more difficult to yeah. introduce those ideas and introduce different yeah. ways of working, you know. And you worked at the Heart UK, which is... I did indeed. The reason why charity, I went yeah. to Maidenhead, yeah. How long were you there? Was you quite a long seven time? Years, yeah, seven, eight years. Yeah, I was going to say seven, yeah, eight years. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah. And how was that? Did you see it transform quite a lot? It's a great time, charity yeah. and it, yeah. and it's going, you know, it's, uh, I'm still in touch with them, still friends with uh, those that work there. Um, I, I, it's just a really yeah. good um, It's like a family, family net. It is, yeah. yeah. It was sad because uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, I um, had a leave-in due for uh, a fundraiser that uh, was uh, worked there and, uh, you know, it was almost the kind of an end of an era yeah. or start or something. We knew so as the old crowd got together for lunch to uh, bid her well on her retirement, yeah. and uh, you know, it was it was just nice, you know. Yeah. And do you have to do quite a lot of, of fundraising? Is is it like a target in mind when you work for a charity like that, where you've got to do X amount of fundraising to kind of raise the funds? No, to not. Do I'm not a fundraiser. I don't have a fundraising background. I've yeah. got the kind of knowledge of by working in yeah. in charities. The, it's a particular skill and I, not having that fundraising background you know I'm, and i've not that i mean it's it's tough you know yeah, yeah. and within fundraising you've also got the um particular skills within that yeah. you know kind of umbrella of fundraising you know are you um ex, an expert at writing grant you know grant applications yeah, yeah. and if you do write grants are they the big ones or are they lots of smaller ones are you in, you know, can you do community fundraising? Can you coordinate things like the London Marathon and fun runs and all those other activities? You know, there's a, there's a lot to learn in there. You know, there's a, there, there, it's a, it's a, it's an expertise and a skill. Um, where I think my, um, where, what I bring is more of a commercial side to other charities because, you know, things are tough and, it's always, always difficult, but it's increasingly difficult to ask people to put the hand in the pocket and, mm. you know, pay for something when they've got so many other challenges in life. Yeah. So we've got to think about, you know, we've got to think different ways of bringing in money for the charity. And, you know, perhaps, Do you look at like the overview and see, right, 
we could do more in, in this sector or this yeah, area. Yeah, I, I do. Like when I go, when I go, you go think, well, this charity, I mean, I wouldn't work there if I didn't think there was an, yeah, op- you know, if there was an opportunity, a, an opportunity yeah. there and of, of, of and that opportunity of doing things differently, you know, and yeah. thinking, actually, let's just have a little play with this. Let's see if, if this would make a difference. And if yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, yeah. it can't be any, pro- well, hopefully it's not any worse than what it was. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm trying to get that, um, get that, that thought process for many people, mm. you know, perhaps in the public sector, perhaps in the charity, there's absolutely no way, way reflective of, of anybody, yeah. uh, or, and I'm being really general here, but, you know, don't often think in a commercial way mm. and very often think, well, okay, we'll do that for free, you know, and without thinking, actually, should we be doing it for a company, our benefactors, you know, those people yeah. that we serve, are people in this instance with allergies and it's them we should be looking after yeah. not a company so let's chat we'll charge that company for that because there's yeah. value to our knowledge expertise the branding the the name yeah all the hard work that you know Goes people have put yeah. into it over many years and to give away no, stuff it's so for important. free yeah it I've is and we I, often yeah. overlook that you know as charities and that's yeah. sometimes why I, i've said this with like when when brands reach out and some brands like can you do this for free i'm like yeah absolutely like not no. but i think like it's insulting it, as, as the yeah i think the community sometimes like they're willing to like maybe like share the product for free if they, if they don't have a huge fault i don't have a massive following but like enough to be like like if a brand approaches me, like if you're going to make money off the back of me promoting the product, then yeah. sure yeah. you've got money then to spend I'm on totally advertising. Right. So yeah, that's right. Really, really frustrating. First, me, yeah, right? I, mean, I know we talked yeah. before we started here yeah, yeah. about somebody working with an agency, you know, and it just really annoys me that you've, mm. you've got somebody with a big budget and they blow it all on an agency that might work down here in Covent Garden and you know yeah. that they're spending an absolute fortune yeah. and then you... Uh, kind of you just pour all your knowledge into that agency they package it up in a different way yeah. and then charge the client a fortune it yeah. just grates me so much you know and so they think, much money as well it is a lot yeah. of money you know, well, why didn't you come straight to yeah. us we could have yeah. done a better job in the first place yeah. you know when there's like yeah like because i've worked out a few different ad agencies and yeah the, the money is it's like, crazy money yeah. and we just don't realize you can and i think you know sometimes working with smaller charities you can't get your head around yeah. actually how much people charge and some of these big budgets they are really big budgets yeah. you know we might be spending a couple of hundred pounds on uh, you know a month's worth of yeah. facebook promotions and you've got yeah, a company yeah. work that we might work with that's yeah. ch- you know, spending tens of thousands yeah do you spend with with the the anaphylaxis campaign did they do a lot of social the anaphylaxis uk <laughs> I mean, you've had a word that's with two it. pounds you owe yeah, me now <laughs> it slips off the tongue doesn't it because i've been uh, insane for so many it's years it's understandable it has, yeah, yeah i mean it's got it's got a long long yeah. history and heritage yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's me upsetting everything yeah no that's great but i mean do, do they do much i mean we'll get get to that in a set but do, do they spend a lot on their their social media you've got to though do you, you know yeah. you know what it's like if yeah. you if you don't you can't just put a post out yeah. and hope organically it'll uh, it'll drift to the top it just doesn't work like that yeah. you know we've got to we've, it's we've, really hard we've, if you don't we've have got that. to invest you've yeah. got to invest it's not just in the quality of what you're doing yeah. uh, the content it must, it's about you know promoting it it must be so different from like 10 years ago working at these these charities yes. Have you seen a massive shift where the money goes? Well, now? I don't like to tell you, but I remember yeah. the day that I sat down and 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 started the internet, and Google appeared. 
together beep 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 and you're like oh what's this eh? you know. yeah, yeah. how can you find that how do you know that yeah you know and it's like that amazement yeah it's a bit and like ai now isn't it well it is uh, you know chat gpt well yeah. we might think well imagine what that's going to be like in, in know, two years we're talking how, weeks, how it helps you, know? you with um podcast descriptions like me too i write bullet points of of what i've spoken in the podcast and it like write me write me a description amazingly it's crazy yeah, and I, i'm yeah. i think i'm slightly dyslexic i'll be honest and i struggle like when it comes to writing even like tonight i was like to my girlfriend does this sound okay she's like no she's like have you not put it through jack gbt and right. i was like no like i need to i need to pay for the yeah. the subscription but it's crazy how it just like to have all that access on your fingertips yeah. now and yeah. like write me a youtube script or yeah yeah. like me yeah uh, youtube headline or anything yeah it's crazy like, yeah yeah it is great and because I, I, I did my uh i did an avatar created and he let you know kind of digitized myself and then oh really and then animated it yeah uh, oh wow because the idea uh, no, it wasn't that it was a, it was another kind of yeah, 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 yeah sort yeah, of yeah. thing i'll show you later on yeah. and uh yeah because motivation was that it's a, i can't be just sitting through all of these boring meetings there must be a yeah, way yeah. of having a pretend me on the end of a Teams call or a Zooms call, and then yeah. everyone thinks it's me, and I can be moving and all yeah, that, yeah. and then it's actually not me. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen someone do that on YouTube, where he he made like pre-recorded clips of him answering questions <laughs> in the morning call. That's a good and idea. And then he was on his couch, he was just pressing buttons, and like no one had like any idea. So I'm sure we've all been in meetings yeah. where we think, actually, is he actually yeah. there? Have you seen a shift then with where the money goes? Like before, would it be in like print and media and now it's like going more towards social media? We are pretty much now 100% digital. Yeah. 100%. We don't do posters. We don't do leaflets. We don't do booklets. If you do want something, you have to print it off yourself. It's just, it was crazy, crazy money, you know. I was going to say, you must be spending a fortune. You would do as a check, you know, and we can't afford that. But it's not just the printing you've got to think about. You know, you could do things like print on demand, but that gives that, you know, the end user that additional cost. But um, it's the storage you know, yeah, it's it's, it's it, guesstimate. Yeah. It, you know, it's having that guesstimate of how many booklets are we going to order? Uh, are we going to print here? How many are we going to end up throwing away in a you know in a few months' time? Mm. You know, it's all that waste, and it, it, we just don't yeah. need to do that anymore. You can you can and, and also the reach. You yeah. know, you can get a a PDF to tens of thousands of people mm. at the cost of you know a yeah. minimal cost, whereas to produce ten thousand booklets would have cost a lot of money. Yeah, so, uh, something that's always been drilled into me is like the the importance of like a newsletter and like how that is a great way to kind of yeah get in front of people straight away. As well, social media, you're fighting yeah. the algorithm. Whereas yeah. an email, you know, yeah, it's that's, come what, you and go, yeah, go that's what you need. Yeah, that's what you need. and you know that, that you know people because you can look at the open rates, you can look at yeah. the click through rates, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, then that you've got an engaged audience, yeah. and hopefully, you know, that kind of reflects that you you're giving folk the information that they want yeah you know with a social media is a bit hit and miss yeah but you, you know we've all got to do it you got to push those messages out constantly yeah it's um, but, but it's the, now, it? it like, is a full-time job yeah like, platforms and all yeah, it you is about, yeah, like, it is. TikTok, but yeah, it not, is. Yeah. are you going to get time then to like use TikTok totally as well, right yeah. totally right you know yeah. but um, yeah you know, it's the new newsletters that i think is our new focus to get those um pushed out so we've got a newsletter for you know the public then they're they're now free um you can subscribe to the to the newsletter for healthcare professionals we've got one for businesses yeah. uh which is kind of a, a new audience for us yeah 
and then a kind of a fundraising newsletter. So, um, you know, we're trying to get that our message out to as many people as we possibly can, starting from a relatively low base, but a, a very, very engaged um, community that we've yeah. got. I really wanted to talk about, obviously, the Anafatsis UK and obviously you've, you've came in as, as the new CEO. The reason, did you have any connections with allergies before you kind of took on the role? No, I've, I don't have allergies myself. Yeah. And I know this is all a bit bizarre, but you know, yeah. even working with Heart UK, I mean, I, I probably have got cholesterol, but uh, you know, high <laughs> cholesterol, but uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, the, it wasn't the, it's not the condition, it's the opportunity to make that improvement. Yeah. And, and you can see that you there's saw a need. That, like, you can when, absolutely yeah. see the potential for this yeah. charity yeah. And, and thinking it should be bigger. It should yeah. do more and it can do more if we just have a little bit of a change yeah. on on its approach and, and the way that it does things. And uh, hopefully that will start paying off given some of the changes that we've introduced recently. How many UK charities is it within the allergy sector, Allergy UK? Well, it's Allergy UK, yeah. um, there's uh, Natasha Research Foundation. And I think there Amy are... Amy Mayshed, I think, might be a charity. Which one, sorry? Amy Mayshed Foundation. And there's uh, the Sadie Bristow Foundation. Yeah. So there are a few, but there are, you know, depends on how you know how you define yeah, a large yeah. or a small. So, you know, you know, I, th- I think there are the three big ones. We're not necessarily that big in terms of yeah. uh, turnover, but there are lots of small and more local ones as well. Yeah. And do a lot of the charities work together? Or is that something you well, want to do? Well, funny, yeah. yeah, I had a call with um, uh, Natasha Research Foundation and oh, Allergy UK and the, which you always, I don't ask me to, uh, BSACI, which is the uh, British uh, like oh, kind okay, of umbrella yeah, yeah. organisation for the healthcare one, yeah, professionals yeah. Uh, this morning. Yeah. And with, with, with the role like, and you kind of spoke about it earlier, but your role is to kind of come in and kind of transform that space and see new opportunities within the kind of the allergy community or the allergy space where you can kind of reach more people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and, and that, because, you know, we, we exist to to help others. Yeah. Um, so we've got to help as many people as we possibly can and, you know, remove as many barriers as, as I possibly can as chief exec because I've got the, you know, yeah. got the kind of mandate to do that. Uh, but it's got to be with the support of the staff as well, clearly. Yeah. Um, and just thinking about the things I've learned, particularly at Heart UK, you know. Uh, uh, and what was the key? Was there any like big learnings there? Yeah, it was the yeah. communications, really. Yeah. The push on the comms made a massive difference to the uh, to the charity. So again, it was the way that... From the all the ca- different touch points. Like, Pretty yeah. much, yeah. yeah. It, was the, it was the look and feel of the charity. It was, the, it was a new, fresher website. It was an approach more to digital, you know, having a more digital engagement and approach to that, a massive push on the newsletter. Yeah. Um, the quality of the newsletter for Art UK is, is brilliant. Mm. You know, the, the engagement on that, the subscription rate, pushing, pushing, pushing on that. Mm. You know, we talked about the, uh, the social media and, and yeah. you know, everyone should realize that you know if you're if you, if you go onto facebook facebook owns your data yeah you know if you go onto instagram instagram owns your data yeah. we get nothing from that we can't engage further with that you know we can't develop a relationship yeah. but if you subscribe to a newsletter and you give us our um a, 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 a your email address, yeah. then, you know, we can form a relationship and send you what you want then. Yeah. Um, so it's important to have that different approach to a newsletter and and that kind of engagement is different to an engagement on social media. So it was really kind of looking at the different approaches to be able to reach out to more people um, 
and just having a fresher um, or a refreshed look, you know, and introducing yeah. different sorts of fonts. And it sounds a bit superficial, but, you know, the, the colours make a, such a big difference. Um, to well, how someone kind of feels. Yeah, and and it's, yes, yeah. absolutely right. And, you know, even the word anaphylaxis, I, you know, I wouldn't say it, it's long, it's complicated, it's a bit scary, it's got X's in there, it looks a bit frightening. Yeah, yeah. Can we soften that down? So you'll see, you know, in the in the yeah. name of the charity, you know, it's a small A, it's in small caps. How come we got rid of the word campaign? Was it felt? Well, again, right it's here. another thing. I, I didn't think we campaigned. Yeah. You know, we, we, a campaign to me is more lobbying. It's public affairs, yeah. and we're more about information and support. You know, other charities do it far better than us. You know, Natasha mm. Research Foundation is absolutely brilliant around it. Mm. And, you know, being able to change legislation like that, you know, so we don't want to be doing the same sort of thing. And, and let's mm. specialise on, you know, anaphylaxis, not the broad uh, spectrum of allergies and concentrate on the things that we're good at. So, yeah. you know, providing training. Like finding what way in it is. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and so, you know, why would you support us? If there's another charity that might be bigger and better than us yeah, doing yeah. other things, well, there's no point in having, having you know, you've yeah. got to specialise and do what you're good at. And do you have to find that kind of like tone of voice as well? Did, did you look into... Like, to, to, yeah, yeah, that more of informal. Yeah. And it is, a, it is a particular skill and mm. it's difficult to get right and it is evolving because uh, with no disrespect meant at, at all to any of yeah, our yeah. healthcare professionals and clinicians... But if you ask a doctor to write something, very often it's very technical. Yeah. And it's very detailed and it's very difficult to... So I often say that, Quite you know... It's scary as well. It is yeah, a bit yeah. scary. Yeah. So and, and what I wanted to introduce at the charity at, at uh, Anaphylaxis UK is that hope and that positivity. You know, you can do stuff. You can go to a restaurant. You can go on holiday. You know, you can go to um, birthday parties and, and, and people don't need to be as scared about... Um, sending their children to school and so on so yeah. changing that tone of voice is very important that we are positive we are supportive reflect that positivity about being um able to go to a restaurant you know you can go yeah. you can go on holiday you can go to a restaurant you can have sleepovers yeah. you can do stuff you know you can get on with it you, and because what struck me really since i started working with a charity what well, almost immediately is the anxiety and the and the worry, it's unbelievable. And I don't think people actually appreciate that. Mm. So to be able to reflect... It's massive. It is massive, yeah, it is. It's been something it's I've been banging on about. It's for totally so long, yeah. um, unrecognised, I think. For, uh, you know, it's not yeah. recognised from, from outside. Mm. So be able to put something in writing or the way that we communicate, it's got to be in a positive way that has, a, has an empathy and an appreciation of that yeah. and not make it scary, you know, not to talk about the deaths not talk about the horrible things that can happen, but talk about the things that you can do and be able to translate almost that clinical um, information that we might get as we do from uh, our clinical and scientific panel uh, into everyday language. So it might be a different way that we write for different people. And, you know, we are currently exploring how we might be able to also communicate with people. So it's mm. not just on the website, you know, it's great doing things like this with you. Yeah, I've you know kind of got my uh, uh, toe in the water with a YouTube channel. It's yeah. doing it on video. We are also introducing audio and video and animation for every fact sheet that we've got. 
you know, and that's 50 fact sheets, over 50 fact yeah. sheets. So it's a massive project. Yeah, it is a massive project. We're, but we've got to do it. You know, if we're serious about helping people and getting our message out there, yeah. then you know we 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 will do our absolute best uh, to be able to get that message out to as many people yeah. and and communicate in a way that we hope that they can best access. If we touch back on the anxiety, summer I discuss heavily on the podcast. Yeah. I've had clinical kind of um, yeah. Psychologists, therapists, like doctors, yeah. discussing anxiety. Yeah, is it some people reach out to the Anapaxis UK quite a you lot? You nearly about. said it, didn't you? you nearly said it. You nearly nearly, nearly got it. Yeah, give me another pound. I'm tipping my tongue then. <laughs> right, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And 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 we're going to have to do something about it. And I am. When looking... someone reaches out, do you like do you give them resource or websites? Well, the helpline help, are yeah. brilliant. Yeah, but we can't offer you know, therapeutic services and counselling and yeah. CBT and, and so on. That is a, you know, a specialist area that we don't yet have um, direct access yeah. to. But, you know, early days yet for us in this new evolution. Mm. Um, but I'm very hopeful that we can um, offer something soon. Yeah, because I, I, I just, for me, I feel like it's just been on the increase like each year and like I did a poll with 500 people couple of months ago about four months ago mm. and 500 people entered like you know like an instagram poll like there's a yes or no answer and 98 percent said they suffer with allergy anxiety yeah. i think 77 percent said it increased over the last year yeah so i just feel like it's, yeah. it's a real struggle at the minute yeah. with, and, uh, and yeah. accessing services is not making it any better yeah you know to get a referral to a GP and you know I think the whole journey you know that's uh, somebody's got to get the courage to go out and say yeah you know I need help yeah they've then got to get to the GP they've got to get then from the GP which might not be on the first on first appointment a first referral you know it might take a couple of appointments with that GP to then get a referral that referral then goes to the allergy clinic yeah. I was talking to somebody the other day they've got a two year wait for an allergy clinic Right, and then from that allergy clinic is onto mm. a, a um, you know, CBT or a therapeutic civil. And you know that's a long it's time. It's crazy, to wait. and like not everyone has the access for to go private or no get a private no. therapist. No, and, so right. I, I'm hoping you know we we might be able to provide that bridge. Mm. I, I th- we th- you know we we play our bit in providing that bridge to support people with the information. So you know if they are waiting that long, at least they know more. And that first appointment that they have at the allergy clinic isn't about them asking questions about, you know, whatever allergy it is, because hopefully we've been able to provide them with that information and support so that they can, you know, really dive into their own personal circumstances at that appointment. If we can somehow support people with a therapeutic service, but, you know, demand is very high. Yeah. And there's so very few as well. And yeah. I think like they're trying to do, Professor Adam Fox is like trying to do group sessions yeah. because yeah. it's so hard to do yeah. one for every individual yes. case as yeah. well. Like, I think that's that's exactly what we're yeah. looking at doing is, is somehow being able to provide um, remote mm. online. We're quite lucky using now. Theme, yeah, because obviously you know, like, all people of that probably wouldn't have thought twice about group. doing... But I th- uh, from what I, you know, yeah. in my limited uh, knowledge of it, um, but and understanding, but but group is better than individual often because mm. you get that peer support and that understanding from others. You're still doing the, the the kind of 
when I was a in kid, person. Yeah. When I was a kid, I went to the Lake District with the Anafatsis UK. Got it. And we it <laughs> well, was, it was so campaign then. Too, yeah, it's campaign. Right. I yeah, can yeah, get away with it then, kind of. And it yeah. was a great. It was great for me because obviously I got to kind of meet other kids with yeah. food allergies as well. Yeah. Um, and it was a great experience. Is that something as a charity? Do you still do these kind of like workshops or opportunities where everyone can meet? We we it it, it was it was dying off. It, there, were, there were few um, support groups when I kind of took on. Don't forget this, you know, kind of two years worth of lockdown didn't help, didn't help anything, anything at all. Yeah. But uh, you know, so support group leaders. Um, would you know there were fewer than to run the groups it was quite challenging for us so a few months ago we said let's stop this let's pause let's see how else we can do this can we you know in the future train up support group leaders to be able to offer therapeutic services how many support groups leaders have you got at the moment because we've stopped them we we yeah. That, well, I can't tell. I can't think how many yeah. there were X X ones there were, but you know, for there weren't that many mm. really operational after lockdown. It yeah. kind of killed them all off. Yeah. And then with with the Anafatsi campaign, you mentioned obviously you're doing kind of the, the YouTube and kind yeah. of the video post- yeah. podcast now. How's uh, that been? Fun, yeah. interesting, yeah. I mean, it's, I've never done it before. Yeah, um, I thought it was good. I've watched a it's few a good videos. Start. Yeah, it's yeah, a good, yeah. you know. So they start off a bit too long, and the and the camera's not right, and the lighting's not yeah. light. And I'm looking at your cameras, and yeah. I'm looking at with with envy now. Um, but you learn, you know, you learn, and yeah, I think I it's think just as, a good as way. everyone gets like a little bit better. It's like it's a bit like compound interest. Like, <laughs> yeah. If anyone else that way is, but yeah, but I I just feel like. Yeah. The more you do it, the more you like you know where yeah. to do the lighting or the yeah. camera, and yeah. even like now, like the equipment gets a little bit better. Like yeah. each each That's year, it. like something gets a little bit better, and it's just I just like, can remember I'm wearing a yeah. different shirt on each occasion. Like you know, yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm always like in a black tee. I'm just good like, idea. Like, yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, no, it's know. it's interesting because it's 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 just a different way that we can try and get that message across, you know. Mm. And uh, YouTube like is the second. Uh, biggest search engine after Google, so it's an yeah. important one to consider. It's the biggest platform for people listening to podcasts now. There you go. So yeah, there you go. I'm I'm like joining to everyone, like even my work at the minute. We need a podcast. Like right. we've got all this incredible talent. Like like before the podcast, I was like we've got these like film directors yeah. or writers and photographers. I was like we should do podcasts with these. Like I would yeah. love. Like obviously yeah. we've got the course, but not everyone might have the access to pay X amount for the course. Yeah. Like do like a free one hour like with nice with the um with the talent and yeah. i feel like with podcast now it's just kind of like the, the new it's like a trend in it like no one was really doing it i mean i did mine started in 2019 and i thought i missed the boat then really yeah so it's crazy to think yeah, yeah. like where it's gone in in the last like five years like but it's it, it's, it's you know it, it it's great to do it's also great for me in that i meet so many great people you know yeah, and have yeah. nice conversations well, that's with. what i mean like a lot, a lot of the time you just you wouldn't have that opportunity to no. kind of sit down with someone for an hour and actually yeah. drill them or like ask yeah, them yeah. questions yeah. or just like get to know them yeah. as a personal yeah and i think you just you build a better relationship with these people so everyone i've had on the podcast when i've met them again yeah. like 
I'll probably well, know because you had a last chat. Yeah, that's it's equivalent I mean, of being down yeah. the pub, right? Yeah, yeah. We should have got a few beers and. Well, I'll remind you next glass time. Of, glass of <laughs> wine. Right. Yeah, I've not done that. I've done it with my friends before when I've had them on the podcast. I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll get the beers in and do it. Um, but yeah, I was I was gonna say, have you got any like exciting projects and kind of lined up with the Anafaxis UK, which you can kind of speak about on the podcast? Well, I'm I'm really excited about some of the opportunities. What we've done uh, over the last few months is bring together about 50 or more, and I'm looking at bringing in more, some of the big businesses. So they're both the restaurant chains, the supermarkets, the um, the supply chains, the manufacturers. Has it been di- difficult for them to get on board of allergies? Or have restaurants been quite open to I'm, the I'm, discussion? I, I am actually talking to those that, you know, are, are on board, you know, yeah. and they are doing... Uh, I, I was at a factory the other week um, where they make sandwiches for a, 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 a well-known supermarket, and yeah. it was amazing. And uh, yeah, how it all you've got no appreciation it. very often, uh, you know, ha- not just how things are made, but the the effort and the um, and the dedication that they. No matter who I spoke to at that, fa- they knew about allergens and they knew what to do. That's incredible. And the the factory itself was laid out. So that different products were separated, mm. the, the, the cleaning—it was amazing. You know, it was an eye opener, um, and I felt a little bit like uh, what's that fellow's name, Greg Wallace, and it going around the factory. I was all dressed up like with I the. Don't know who that is. Yeah, <laughs> man, is it? It goes around factories and you know sees our crisps yeah. made. And it was a bit like him. So I thought, you know, then I was fully, fully kitted out. Yeah, and yeah. It was just fascinating, you know, uh, and and that's with most companies, you know, not all of them, most companies and. You know, they go to huge amounts of efforts, um, looking at the supply chains, looking at where the ingredients are coming, which could be from all over the world, you know, and then they check and they check and they check. And it's not taken lightly at all. And they've got very, very dedicated teams of staff working in them. But mm. to bring the, I wanted to bring them all, as many as I possibly can, to bring people together just to make sure that we can learn from each other, that yeah. we can, you know, we can do the right thing together. And I've it's been so a, important. I've, 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 had, I've had um, speaking with someone before previously on the podcast, so the, it's like slipped my mind. But I was saying about with the airline industry, yeah. when there's a massive like fuck up, yeah. they all share that knowledge yes. with each other. It's called black box thinking. I was reading right. a book okay. and it talks about um, when the airline want a plane right was um, flying around and flying around. I'm not really selling this story. <laughs> the airline was like yeah. um, the plane was up in the air. And the landing gear wasn't coming on. Right. So the pilot is like, oh, the landing gear is coming on. So he's really fixated on the landing gear not coming on. And the pilot always had the, the obviously he's like the top of the tree. So like whatever he says goes. And when one of the mechanics comes up and he's like, you're running out of fuel, right? But he's like, no, no, the landing gear, that's the most important thing Got you. in his head. He was so fixated on the landing gear, the plane ran out of fuel and it crashed. I think five people died. Look, I don't know how he managed uh-huh. to land the plane in, in, in the wood. It was like in the woodland. Uh-huh. Um, and now because of that mess up, yeah. they've set like, it's called the amber. I think it's like an amber light kind of, um, not service, but like a plan, like a plan of action now where they go through these amber lights if he's if the pilot isn't listening, so this doesn't happen again. 
And because of that, it's probably saved lives now where yeah. the mechanic can speak up in that situation yeah. and go through these set of rules, these amber lights yeah. to make sure that he's aware of the problem. And it's just incredible to see how the airline industry both learn from each other. I was just wondering whether the algae charities do that. Well, that's what I'm really hoping to encourage. Yeah. It's that kind of no blame culture that we can approach. Sounds a bit cliche, but yeah. you know, how what can we look if something goes wrong? You know, if a product is recalled, let's learn from that. What happened? Because I can tell you now, having spoken to the majority of those uh, companies Charges. now, they'd be devastated. You know, they've they've because they've, they've they've put such tight um, controls on their process it's normally somebody else's process that is broken down. So it's to find out without blaming anybody so that they're open and honest about learning and making things mm. different. Same as in a restaurant. I just think the whole you know? thing with like um, Natasha and Pret, did Pret give the key learnings to all these other companies? Like, or did they just keep that? Well, I, I think yeah. it would it would have come out in the coroner's report. Yeah. But, but whether, that's what yeah. I'm encouraging, you know, and, and and the conversations, believe me, we had, what, 40 people in a room uh, on whatever it was, last Friday, Friday before. And the conversation, they're, they're free flowing. People are willing to share information. Mm. And I'm not sure um, that people have had that opportunity before. That's so we can make yeah. things better. You know, yeah. we can learn from each other. Because, you know, I, I'm absolutely determined... Um, that restaurants should positively welcome people into their restaurant if they, if their customers got allergies, not told to stand in the corner, you know, and wait for yeah. the manager, or have to sign a waiver or get turned away. And many restaurants do it brilliantly. Many restaurants have got really good um, processes in place, uh, but sometimes the customer service end is a little bit lacking because either the waiting staff are yeah. a bit nervous, they're a bit scared, they just don't know, they haven't necessarily had that communication training mm. that makes somebody just feel like another guest, you know, or another, yeah. somebody else coming in, uh, you know, not having to stand in the corner with an orange wig on their head while, yeah. you know, they kind of go through and get a different menu. And let's yeah. let's try and see how all restaurants can uh, at least have some guidelines or some... Um, way of making things better for people when they come in yeah. and i'm not saying every restaurant's going to get it right all the time and, I, and sometimes you know processes and the way that the kitchens are and the way that the supply chain changes you know it, it's not always going to be suitable for people with an allergy or certain allergies yeah. but let's try and get it right in as many places as we possibly can i think what's interesting about yourself is because you don't you're not you've not came from allergies you could probably see it from a different point of view. And for me, I think that's quite exciting that you could come in to the Anaphylaxis UK and and see problems which other people might not see. Number one, because of your experience, but number two, maybe because, like you said, you don't have allergies. I don't know. I, well, you yeah. know, I think, well, you know, if we were to go out to a restaurant now, mm. I'd expect to go to the same place. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I w to me, it would be wrong to think otherwise. Yeah, you know, yeah. I wouldn't expect uh, you to be treated any differently to the way I am. Yeah, yeah. You know, yes, treated and asked questions, yeah. and for you to maybe challenge the the restaurant when yeah. when the time comes to take the it's order. Like people, but apart from yeah. that, you know, you shouldn't be. How to, so it's not right. You know, it's yeah. just about the decent thing and the proper thing. Yeah, and I think it's like you, you mentioned earlier 
Are you, are you trying to tap into that kind of younger demographic now, the young people kind of taking on that responsibility? I'd themselves? love to. Yeah. I'd love to be younger as well, quite yeah. frankly, even though <laughs> I do feel a lot younger than I am. Uh, but I think in, in practice, it's a different skill. Mm. You know, di- there are different mediums for different people. Yeah. And at the moment, we're kind of concentrating on a particular age group. Um, I think the younger, what, younger demographics have got a different or different channels to access information yeah you know it, it, are you predominantly facebook would you say at the minute? Uh, yeah. we're predominantly facebook um obviously the youtube channel um what's copied you know what goes on facebook then gets over on onto instagram uh instagram i think is a bit more challenged because it's more pictorial mm. whereas perhaps we're more story um forget tiktok no way um yeah. twitter has traditionally been a more of a campaigning uh, platform, I think, is improving now. I don't use Twitter. No, it's, I, see, it's I, not. I, a, bothered, I've never. It's really not a really engaging one. No, yeah. I think people just go on it to have arguments, don't yeah, they? So, yeah, just laugh a bit. Of you know, yeah. yeah. So we don't do that much on there. And then LinkedIn, yeah, there's, there's kind of business engagement, but it's not the general public wide. Yeah. I think to be able to uh, communicate on social media anyway with uh, a younger audience just mm-hmm. needs some younger skills to come in and uh, thinking differently again. Yeah, because you, you know, I, I you know not going to read a web page they're not going to print yeah. off a pdf well, young people are now going to tiktok over google yeah to search yeah, but how dangerous is that you know that, yeah. i mean it worries me enough about some of the misinformation that is the already out there and there's some of the trends it's crazy so, you know it's so, it's so scary, dangerous like, yeah yeah yeah, like yeah people saying they're allergic to something and then eating it and then the joke being when they walk away they've got a cushion in their trousers or something stupid yeah. but like yeah, yeah, it's all right, tutting and saying you shouldn't do that, but let's do something about it. Yeah, one video I, I, I shared, like, just like really got under my skin because, like, she actually had allergies and she was promoting people eating stuff that that's crazy, like, not looking at the labeling and just like eating it. and really like yeah really infuriating but, but she had a massive just, audience she had like well that's the whole point thousand, isn't it that's like, why you're they're not doing using it. it for good like you yeah. actually it's, it's really dangerous what you're doing yeah. and like and the video i did a video about it it, it got removed like because she had a big audience and people was then attacking me and right. sending me nasty messages and stuff being like i was picking on it which is absolutely stupid like mm. she's got 300,000 followers like and it's dangerous like if yeah. someone followed that trend or did what she did she could potentially like would she, you know, would, would she be happy to kill somebody yeah well that's for the what, sake yeah, of, I said that you know that, yeah. for the sake of uh, a few more likes or a retweet or whatever well, that's what know, I mean like it's just like, like she knew the point? she knew by doing that content what's like that the point? it was you know, controversial so yeah. I mean it's just dangerous. selfish yeah. selfish you know and and and, and the so, fact like so many people in the in the comments is like can you remove this video or delete it? And she yeah. got audio backlash in comments and she didn't do anything. Yeah. But I'm quite lucky. I, I, I did this video and with the community, they all supported me and everyone went on TikTok and reported it. And because of that, the video is now removed. Has it been taken down? Which is amazing. Like, well this, done. Is, this is, yeah, no, I was really happy about that because yeah, yeah just cause it was, it was so dangerous and stuff. And um, people just don't realize, yeah. you know, but you know, she's doing it for the money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she, yeah. she's encouraging people to risk their lives for her own financial gain. Yeah, and that's why, you know, we've we've got to dominate mm-hmm. this space with the accurate, you know, the accurate. Oh, is massive on TikTok, you know. Yeah. it's got like over a billion views. Is that right? The hashtag. Wow. It's it's huge. It's massive. 
there's some good people out there yeah. um, raising awareness, but I think a lot of it, you know, the the algae desensitization. I can never yes. say desensitization. Yeah. yeah, that's huge on TikTok of people sharing their journeys, and that's interesting. From it's usually in the US, it's interesting right. for them to like share their experiences. Yeah. And yeah, I, I try and do. I try and do tiktok but like, like you said you, you need to post as twice as much as you, you can just be on it platform. all the time yeah, it's addicting yeah with yeah. the algorithm now like yeah. they're trying to get it banned in the u.s have you seen that? yeah yeah well i'm not surprised i mean i, yeah. I kind of got a couple of ideas why that's happening but yeah. we'll talk off camera about i know that. yeah <laughs> you spoke about you spoke about the the rebrand and obviously getting rid of the words like kind of campaign yeah. and obviously changing the colors and what was the initial kind of thought behind that? Like, what was the the initial like reason when you when you initially saw the, the website well it was, it was when it, when it was anaphylaxis campaign yeah. and i could see where it wanted to go and um you'll remember that it was, it was a kind of orange. an orange you yeah, know like a but dirty orange yeah. a dirty orange yeah exactly right and it was kind of sometimes a bit brown yeah. and it was not quite as vibrant as so I kept banging on and everybody I was talking to at the time yeah. I said, this should be sunshine orange. Mm. It should be out bright, you know, it should be positive. It should be um, sunshine orange. Yeah. And that's what it should be. Um, and then you'll see on the on the logo now, we've got those sunshine rays as well. Yeah. And offset, with, friendly, with, yeah. offset with a teal. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's great, obviously, to kind of see how it how it's kind of changed. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a kind of evolution of the heritage that's yeah. that's there. But um, you know, fonts change, colours change. Every kind yeah. of brand goes through that sort Did of thing. Did you work with an so. agency then? With that, was that? Yeah, yeah. I've got a really yeah. good. Um, uh, a look, They've done a good job. Local, really they like they it, are yeah. very very good on that yeah. social media. I'll give them a plug. It's yeah, it's Boss Boss uh, Digital. Okay. They're very good and uh, worked with them for donkey's years and yeah. they've just got a very good approach to things. They're good not, eye, yeah. you know, they're not the Covent Garden big agency. They are small. They are kind of uh, engaged and knowledgeable about stuff. Yeah. So uh, they, they advise and help with that sort of angle. But it's also things yeah. I picked up myself. I was going to ask, what does your kind of day-to-day -day look like now? I guess it's a lot like um, many people's that uh, used to work in an office two or three years ago. Yeah. Um, when I was at Heart UK, I was like, about a 10 minute walk, you know, it was a little stretch around Maidenhead and up the road. Uh, and then, you know, lockdown came along and everybody's lives changed. And yeah. um, Do you prefer it now? Uh, yeah, I think I'm turning into a bit of a hermit though, I must be honest. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, it's kind of, uh, uh, I do enjoy it because it, it just saves a bit of time and there's just less hassle. Yeah. But then you, you lose that social interaction and I completely get that. So It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because, yeah, it I'm is remote a bit as of a well. Balance. Like, it is a bit of a balance. I don't have like, the social, like we went to the pub the other day and that no. was the first time in ages. And right. That was really nice and maybe one of us needs to take the lead and yeah, that's it, like, tomorrow yeah, otherwise that's and just keep that up because otherwise... I don't know. Like you just feel it's like easy just... to get out the swing of it. It yeah. is, and um, quite a few people work not that close to Farnborough as well. So mm. um, we go in once a month, and part of that is to get together and do the kind of formal business stuff, like the the um, you know team that meetings. But a lot of it is just to yeah. chat and and just that's what I mean. It's face nice to face. Yeah, you know, I'm always, we have lunch I'm always and... knackered when I go into the office, just from like chatting to people, because right. like. Usually just like sat at my desk over there right. doing work. Yeah, so that's yeah, it. So yeah. 
Yeah. Do you think it's better for your mental health? Like, or do you think? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean personally speaking, yeah. I, I don't mind either, yeah. frankly. But I, I do compl- I do get it that some people want to get out of the house. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I've been able to turn one of my bedrooms into a, an office. So yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I can leave that, close the door, and that's you know that's it really. Mm. Um, but I, I you get you know, out for a brisk walk at one shot. Uh, that's the theory, yeah. yeah. But uh, lazy bones as well. So <laughs> uh, lazy bones on a hermit. Um, but yeah. I, I think you know, I do, I do get it, and I think mm. it's particularly more so for younger people who, mm. you know, might be still living with their parents. Um, oh, yeah, they might have family circumstances. They might not have a room you know, dedicated probably. Yeah. Uh, it might be on the dining room table. It might be, you know, your, your Wi-Fi is conflicted. So mm. um, I, I completely get the way that, you know, some people don't like it. But, you know, I think there are other ways that, you know, you can get out of the house, not all the time, not permanently working, mm. but, you know, go to a coffee place or go to yeah. a flexible office or... I need know, to do that because, like, you, at first it was a bit of, like, a privilege. yeah. And so, you felt as though you were being a bit naughty, didn't you? Yeah, like, yeah. some days I just bring my laptop to the pub. I've not done this for this job. Like, yeah, yeah they're like, don't worry. But like with the other job, like, if the guys, it's usually when it when it's nice and the sun's out, yeah. go to the pub garden and yeah. it's like, if you've got Wi-Fi, just that's work right. from there. Yeah, it doesn't mean I'm getting right. smashed. It's just like, yeah. because it's just nice to get yeah. out and get a yeah. bit of sun. And, and I'm hoping that, you know, employers, yeah. employers are, are more understanding about the flexibility to yeah. you know to me if you get the work done you know yeah. and and be respectful for the time of of your colleagues mm. but do it when you want you know it, I've i don't said want that. To yeah. pe- i don't want people working at night or you know on weekends yeah. and holiday or all that sort of stuff be sensible about that as well but you're an adult yeah. you know it's your life you run yeah. it yourself that's what i mean for me it's so important that like, i can get down to the gym like every lunch like right no, you definitely so important for mental health. Otherwise, I'm just like sat in this flat, yeah. like in these four walls. Yeah, and I'm gonna drive myself insane. So yeah. I think doing that just like is so good for my headspace. Yes. and then at the night, I've I've got the time. Then if I do want to work on the podcast or reach out to people, I've got yeah. that time. In my yeah, head. but no, it's t- yeah. that's very important. Yeah, it's yeah. very important. I really want to find out if anyone who listens to this podcast can support the Anaphylaxis UK. How they can kind of get in touch. Thank you. It'd be through the website. So it's anaphylaxis.org.uk. Yeah. We've got all the channels and all the stuff's yeah. there. Yeah. We've I mean, got all the podcasts, if yeah. you want to listen Well, to that's that, yeah. great that you give me this chance. But uh, yeah, on YouTube, it's the uh, at anaphylaxis UK uh, yeah. handle on that. Yeah. Honestly, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. I've loved it. And yeah, no, it's, it's I love you on my one of my YouTubes. But yeah, we should do. Yeah. Because I think, I think I've been wanting when I started. The podcast it was in my notes in 2019 to yeah. have it was the anti campaign back then all right to to have them on the podcast so okay. it's crazy thing it's took this long but i think as soon as i spoke to you that day on the phone simon yeah. i just knew like yeah i thought it'd be good to get you on awesome yeah. i've enjoyed it yeah Thanks it's been a, a pleasure lot. yeah thank you cool cool